Peterborough. This is PCR. One station for many communities. This is PCR.
Ah, good evening. Welcome to the uh, Dot Mason Show on Peterborough City Radio, 103.2 FM. We started the show there with a track by uh, Oliver Twist uh, called Move Smooth. He comes from uh, Born in Lincolnshire. Our live guest in session is uh, a multi-instrumentalist and multi-talented Rich Young. And the next track coming up is by a local Sundog, and the track's called Eddie.
we go, uh, Sundog and a song called Eddie. Uh, this... I'm going to stop that there, because I didn't want it to start when I wanted it to start. That's me, I missed a button. That's my fault. I'll say again. This is Jo Ash. Uh, she's a Cambridge artist. She's been on this show a couple of times. She's a great uh, solo artist, great keyboardist. Uh, this song's called uh, The Painter. Thank you. 
Ah, the wonderful Joe Ash and the uh, painter. We always play the tracks by local artists first. It's just the way it is. But that's not stopping you from sending tracks in for wherever you are in the world. So you can email me at uh, .mason at sky.com. Send me a track and I'll have a listen to it for you. It doesn't mean I'm going to play it, but I'll definitely have a listen to it. Uh, this is a Cambridgeshire band RJ Archer and the uh, Painful Memories. And the song's called uh, Lay It Low.
Mark Rigglesworth here, presenter of The Lock-In Radio Show, Wednesday evenings, 7 till 10. The Lock-In is for those who like different musical styles. There's the familiar older classics, as well as the very latest offerings from new, talented artists and bands. With a bit of chat, stories and film reviews, you never quite know what you're going to get with The Lock-In Radio Show, Wednesday evenings, 7 till 10, on PCRFM.
Ah, that was uh, Chris Moore Osmond and a song called uh, Third Rail. This is Pretty Addicted and a track called Blood Moon.
was uh, pretty addicted and uh, blue moon we do like to play different styles of music on this show that was rather gothic and unusual anyway it's time to move on to our guest this evening uh, a gentleman called uh, rich young good evening rich how you doing i think i'm all right oh, i'm never good. really sure but yeah i'm all right no you look you look good thank you very much thank you very much for stepping in and covering for us That's we weren't expecting somebody of your stature to come on the show, because uh, uh, you, you, you've, you've had quite a stellar musical career, really, haven't you? Yeah, where's the money? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, you might have it all hidden away. Yeah, I think I have, actually. Yeah. Yeah. In my Cayman Island bank yeah. account, yeah. Tell me how it all started, you know, um, from, from when you was a young person. It started when I was at school with some lads that were a bit older than me, hmm. one of whom his brother worked for Rolls-Royce. And he used to come back from America... Because he worked for the Air Engine Division with loads of fantastic albums of stuff that I'd never heard before, like a lot of the blues stuff, a yep. lot of the Mississippi John Hurt, Robert Johnson, Skip James, and also nice weird psychedelic stuff like Love and the Doors and all yeah, that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we just used to sit like sponges round his house all it's, weekend. It would be stuff you'd never heard of. Well, most people wouldn't have heard of, I suppose. Yeah, really, great. Because yeah. yeah, you know, I grew up outside Wisbech, and mm. if you went to the local store, which was called Bardell's, you could either buy a washing machine or a Matt Munro or Cilla Black album. And that was about your lot? That was your lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you was quite privileged to listen to to music like that. I was, actually, yeah. I used to come over to Peterborough of a Sunday night and watch Lloyd and Rex and Colin Hodgkinson play in The Falcon. Yeah. Oh, which we, we were just talking about, me and my friend Steve, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We were trying to think, we were trying to remember what the Falcon went on to after it changed names. But the Falcon, for anybody who knows who lives in Peterborough, is a, is a, it's a restaurant now, just, just down from the White Lion. Yeah. It was the, it was a place to be on a Sunday night. Yeah, you could get hammered just by breathing in the air. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean that that tradition of playing live music in there carried on for a long time because I can remember when I was a young man, you know, going you know in the pubs in the sort of like nineteen seventy six, seventy seven. There were people people still going in there playing music and stuff like that. Oh, it was the, it was one yeah. of the places that yeah. and the cherry tree and a couple of yeah. other places where mm. the. The ones to be at, you know. Yeah, yeah. Good bands around. Yeah. So how old were you when you, f- you first picked up a guitar? Uh, I think I was about seven. I had piano seven. lessons when I was about five or six. No. 
But that was this woman called Mrs. Rigg who used to smack me across the nickels with a knuckle. Nickels? The knuckle. <laughs> uh, no, not quite that. Sounds a bit dodgy. Uh, with a with a ruler because my posture wasn't right. And so no. I, yeah, I was going to play the piano first, and then I picked up the guitar and just it it made sense to me really, you know. But you know, it was just and you just you're like a sponge when you're a kid. You just take it all in, and once you start listening to music, you just want to know so everything about everything. You've listened to your friends' records from the states and that. So oh. I take it you was trying to work out what notes we were playing yeah, and how we, to play along. We used to go out to folk clubs and things like that and see people like John James and Diz Disley playing stuff. You've like got me that. on them names, I must admit. Oh, I just see I'm a bit older than you. Yeah. yeah. But but no, but we used to go to Peterborough Folk Club, we used to go to Kingsland Folk Club and and hmm. um, well once we'd learnt a few blues tunes, we would get up and do some blues tunes, which used to scare them a little bit. Because <laughs> it was very much finger in the air, Shetland woolly, knit your own lens. Yeah, I've got this sort of thing, yeah, yeah. And it uh, but we would we would try to do Come On In My Kitchen by Robert Johnson and things like that, and it was all a bit like, I suppose it's folk, really, because... They Blues were, music is folk music, isn't it? Really? Well, yeah, it was a borderline thing in those days, yeah. really, you know. Yeah. It was a bit diddly-i-diddly-i-diddly-i-diddy, <laughs> you know. What's the first song you're going to play for us this evening? Oh, I've got no idea. I'll just tell you now. It's a song called Need that I wrote years and years and years ago. Off you go. It's a very, very simple song. Uh, no, the very, best sometimes are simple. With a very it? simple sentiment, really. In the key of G, if you want to whistle along in there. Oh, oh yeah. I don't know. I need love like everybody does. I need a big umbrella. Clouds form above. I need a, an aeroplane. Fly me away. I need you now, baby. What do you say? I need a temper that's slow. Mind that's fast. I need therapy so I can visit my past. A telescope. See what's on the way. I need you now, baby. What do you say? They'll tell you what is good for you. What you gotta have. For what they never had I need you I need you Nobody else will do I need you I need you Nobody else will do I need light At the end of the day I need to go But I need somewhere to stay I need a God don't want to pray, I need you now, baby, what he say? They'll tell you what is good for you, what you gotta have. I've seen people crucified for what they never had.
everybody does I need a big umbrella Clouds foam above I need an aeroplane To fly me away I need you now Baby, what do you say? I need a temper that's slow Mind that's fast I need therapy So I can visit my past A telescope See what's on the way I need you now Baby, what do you say? I'll tell you what is good for you What you gotta have I've seen people crucified For what they never had I need you I need you Nobody else will do I need you I need you Nobody else will do I need light The end of the day I need to go But I need somewhere to stay I need a God But I don't wanna pray I need you now Baby, what do you say? God, there's applause and everything So, going back to... uh they started your musical career, so you, you've got a bunch of mates going to the pubs, going to gigs, playing this sort of odd, impromptu sort of uh, set in a, a folk club. Yeah. When did you sort of get together your first sort of uh, proper band? Well, the first proper band involves people from Peterborough, uh-huh. actually, because I joined a band with a, a local bunch of chaps, one of whom still runs a music shop in Wispish, actually, called Carmen DeLooch. Ah. And he's still there. He's been there for over 50 years running the music shop in Wispage. And he was the bass player. And we had Mick... We were called Tangent, actually. Yeah. And we started... Steve Allen used to send us out playing in places like US Air Bases and stuff. And yeah, Alconbury, I take it. Yeah, Alconbury, yeah, yeah. We used to go quite a few... I think we did Wittering and we did... There were loads of them around. Yeah. Honington, Bentwaters, all those kind yeah, of places. Yeah. We were all over the shop. And, you know, three sets of 45 minutes... And you had to learn loads of stuff because you couldn't go back there week after week. And play I the suppose not, no. no so mean. in Upwell Village Hall, we used to rehearse of a Sunday afternoon with a blackboard with a list of songs on it, and until we actually got through that list of songs, we wouldn't go home. No, I'll take it you was all working day jobs at the time as well, perhaps? Well, I was sort of, yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> and I was just ducking and diving a little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, Carmen had the music shop, and we had a drummer called Ian Bowen from Peterborough mm. for a while. Actually, he's still around in some glam rock band i believe uh. and uh, yeah and yeah we ended up we ended up playing on the peterborough embankment at a big concert that steve allen promoted with the heavy metal kids uh. and because we we were joined by someone called ray owens who was in a band called juicy lucy <laughs> and he was living he was living in a cottage out near guy hearn I do believe uh, this is all probably li- slanderous or libelous. I do believe he was hiring out, uh, hiding out from drug dealers in London. Colourful <laughs> so, characters, then. Yeah, yeah, but he wanted to play with the band, so yeah. he became Ray Owens' tangent for a little while, uh. and we supported the heavy metal kids at the Embankment in Peterborough, which was great, actually. Bizarrely enough, and I'm, I'm sure it was. Years later, time. I saw the keyboard player from the heavy metal kids in a in a club in New York City in about 1986. They'd moved on then. Well, 
well, he'd moved on a bit, yeah. He was, he was, he was playing with UFO for a while. Danny, oh, he must have been quite a good keyboard player then. Danny Perry and Al, yeah. yeah. He was still, he's still around, actually, and he remembered me from those, the heady days of Peterborough Embankment, you know, on a Saturday afternoon. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot more people were into music in them days, weren't they? Well, I don't know what it is. It's probably because there was less, much less different sorts of entertainment, so well, live music was a, a form of uh, great entertainment. Well, there was a place in Wispage called the Rose and Crown, and around the back was a place called the Trumpet Hall. Yeah. And I saw a band called Pato in there who changed my life completely uh, with Ollie House on guitar. But I also saw Trapeze in there with Glenn Hughes and Mel Galley and bands like Amazing Blondell and stuff like that. You know, I mean, that, that, this was like... It was going on week after week. The, yeah. The Isle of Ely College in Wispage had Slade and T-Rex playing there. Yeah. And Slade were devastatingly loud. I should always remember. I've never heard anything as loud as that. Until I supported Motorhead in 1977. <laughs> Who gonna... did you support Motorhead with? Buster James, the old Buster James band. We played that out on the East Coast with the mm. West Runcton Pavilion. I know where you are. Links, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we used to play out there with Buster James and we did a few support gigs there. We, I think we supported Thin Lizzy early on with <sighs> Eric Bell and then, and, then, and then we went on to support Motorhead at a gig there. It was just, you know, I've never heard anything like it. I really haven't. <laughs> I don't think know. anybody had heard anything like it when no, Motorhead when no. they, they came out, you know, because no, there was some, I mean, something I'd, totally different. Yeah. I right. tell you, I, I sat on the edge of the stage and I actually thought I, w I was having a medical procedure. <laughs> you know? Well, you, you sort of inner organs move, going with the bass yeah, line. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I know the feeling. Yeah. was going, yeah. I thought this is, yeah, outrageous. <laughs> how, how was Lemmy? Lemmy was exactly as you'd expect Yeah, him yeah, to I've be. seen a few documentaries on him here. Yeah, he was yeah. smoking fags and drinking and uh, he had some woman in tow with him and, and you know, and he was exactly... He, reads, he read, did read P.G. Woodhouse, did you know Did that? he? Yeah. That's a total change, isn't it? Yeah, he yeah. read P.G. Woodhouse. He was really into Jeeves Worcester and all that stuff and he, yeah. had, he had beaten up old paperback in his jacket at P.G. Woodhouse. Brilliant. Really? I, mean, I should always yeah, remember that about him. But he was exactly, he was the real deal, and he was always yeah. the real deal until he died. He wasn't faking it like no, a lot of people no. are. He was no. always... Well, I watched his documentary, I don't know where it was on, I can't remember where it was on, but there's a documentary about it, and it's just him and, him and his son in his flat somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, I went to his, he had a flat in, yeah. in Fulham Road. Yeah. And he never... I don't know what he did with all his money, but he he, he said, you got to be careful where you fucking walk. Sorry. <laughs> and, you know, and he pointed at the... And I realised that it was over a... It was over a, a, a laundrette. And... Because he couldn't afford to have the heating on or it didn't have proper heating. So he'd taken up some of the floorboards. So the heat from the dryers <laughs> rose up through the carpets. But you had, to be, you had to be careful where you walk. Yeah, because you'd fall through then, yeah, basically. Yeah, 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 it would go through to the, the yeah. laundrette underneath. Yeah. This documentary is only living in a small flat and it was full of ashtrays and he was you know, smoking like a, a good one. Yeah, um, well, he, like I said, he was the real deal. Yeah. You know, love yeah. him or hate him, you know, he was, he was exactly what you, you saw. There was no fakery, no trickery, no makeup, you know. <laughs> that was him. <laughs> you know, it was just, yeah. just him. Yeah. And, and the band were exactly that as well, you know. They were unashamed. You know, it, well, you know, rockers what it was. from rockers, yeah. You yeah. live in the rock and roll lifestyle, how they would have done in them days, you yeah, know. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Going for it, you know. Yeah. Why not? We could talk to you all night, alone, uh, you playing some tracks, but we'd we best get on and play some music as well. Yes. Else we might be in trouble. I'd like a bit of Blue Nile, please, if you got any of that. No. <laughs> Sorry.
<laughs> we don't usually sort of like supply uh, things like that. Well, Motorhead to Blue Nile, I just think it's ah. a nice sort of contrast, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I'm a big, a big Motorhead fan myself. Well, reasonably, but Tony's the one in there who's a Is massive it? Motorhead yeah. fan. Yeah, You know, so, yeah. You know, because like, I was, you know, so Motorhead, people who like punk rock music usually like Motorhead because sort of, Motorhead is sort of semi-punk. Well, they really came a prominence when punk. Yeah, they, they did because it's coming weird. up in yeah. the seventy-six, yeah. seventy-seven yeah. time, and you couldn't not see them as being part of that. No, because they didn't care. No, they really didn't no. care. You know, it's like don't call me a long-eared whatever, because I'll actually push your teeth down yeah. your throat. And yeah. that's what they did with both amplification and attitude. <laughs> Without this a doubt, is what it's all about, isn't it? It, it is. Right. N- next one. I'll let you get on then. Oh, <laughs> oh, you want me to play another song? Oh, yes, please. I, I thought you were going to put something on your record player in No, there. no, I, I don't. All we do in here is uh, chat, play music. That's it. All right, then. All right, then. I've got a blues album coming out shortly called Psychotropic Blues, which is based on all that stuff I used to listen to when I was younger, and I've just written some original songs for that, and this is going to be on Oh, that, oh, oh that sounds uh, yeah. interesting. Sounds very good. Too tired to fight. 
comments uh michael day he says i've got my tattoos at the falcon upstairs by ron austin there ron austin yeah i didn't know they did tattoos upstairs there you go you go for a beer and get a tattoo so, well that's that's a regular thing to do anyway <laughs> get a beer, go, get, drink too many beers and get a tattoo and you don't know nothing about you wake up in the morning <laughs> uh stuart inger from nottingham he said loving the stories and the music love from nottingham thank oh. you very much stuart thank you uh so, how did you manage to meet all these people that you've you've worked with? Because I've got sort of a little bit of a bio of you. I mean, you, you work with some amazing people, haven't you? Um, like Lloyd and Ray Wright, Nigel Kennedy, yeah, uh, yeah, Kenny Jones from the Small Faces, yeah. Dave yeah. Stewart, yeah. Well, it, it, it's a long, long, long story, and I'm trying to make it put it in some yeah, sort of yeah, chronological. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So carry on with the sort of story. So there you are. You're still... I moved down to London yeah. and become a pop star. Obviously, and yeah. until it's worked, you can see the limo waiting outside, <laughs> and the Swedish masseurs will be here shortly with the sushi and everything. So obviously, it was a massive success. But I went down to London and I auditioned for loads of different bands, mm. and we sort of got. I was in one band, and we almost got signed to Decca and bloody bloody blah. Yeah. But all the time, I. When I joined the Buster James band, we were sort of playing around London quite a lot. We yep. were doing the marquee and stuff like that and the music machine and all the rest of it. In fact, we had a glass thrown at us by Sid Vicious. No! When we did the speakeasy, yeah. Because yeah. he... I won't use the word because yeah, this is community radio. So let's matter what sort of radio it is, really. No, <laughs> but he called us a bunch yeah. of long-haired, you can probably yeah. imagine, yeah. people. Yeah. He said, you long-haired people... <laughs> You don't belong in the music business anymore. You have flared trousers and you have long hair. So, anyway, uh, no, it was more than that. Yeah. So, uh, but I sort of hung around London and the band didn't... We got a record deal, made an album which never got released. But I sort of hung around and then I joined a band called Urchin... <laughs> that just sounds interesting. Yeah, though. well, it was at the time there was loads of stuff happening in the East End, and Urchin had a singer and guitarist called Adrian Smith, who is now a member of Iron Maiden. Uh. And I was in that band for about a year, and we sort of. It's really funny because we, we were doing all the same gigs as Maiden. We were doing the Ruskin Arms and the Brecknock and the, mm. you know, whatever it was. I can't, I can't remember the George Roby in Finsbury Park, you know, and and. We were all quietly going, oh, we're much better than they are, you know. And then, of course, Maiden got signed and we didn't, you know. But uh, there was a certain amount of rivalry because it was the start of the new wave of British new, Yeah, new wave of British heavy metal. Yeah, yeah. The, the Tigers of Ping Pong or whatever they're called. Pen, and, uh, Pen Tang, I think, isn't it? Pen oh, Tang. OK, then, mate. Yeah, all right, yeah. whatever, yeah. but, you know. So was your band a metal band? Was it still all... Well, the... Urchin were a little bit more melodic because it had oh. three singers in the band, you see. Yeah. It was, uh, so we were kind of on the cusp of... Be and then, basically, Adrian got the call one day 
uh, to audition. Well, I think it was a done deal because Dave Murray was an old mate of his, and Dave Murray had been in Urchin before before I joined. I joined playing keyboards, and then he went off to join Maiden, and I just carried on hanging around London, you oh. know, trying to kind of. And in fact, I joined the Name, who were a Peterborough. Yeah, band. I remember the Name. Yeah, yeah, they were a mod band, and I, because I've always been a, a shameless mercenary turncoat. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> I changed me wardrobe and had me hair cut because the name were basically a mod band weren't they so I thought right I'm not going to be in a rock band now I'm going to be in a mod band and I'll wear some you know some I'll get, a ben, pipes and I'll get a ben Sherman shirt yeah, you know, and have yeah, a short haircut yeah. and join them for a while but again same thing they did a couple of singles you know blah de blah and yeah. then it just all gradually I mean, you're, in the, you're in the sort of uh, mid mid 70s isn't you 76 77 around that 78 well, all around in 1980 yeah so that's a bit later then that's yeah yeah, yeah I but the punk had caused a bit of a revolution by then because like you say you've got motorhead and you've got people like iron maiden which weren't again not a tr- traditional heavy metal band they sort of reinvent that's why it's reinvented heavy metal in a way well it had yeah. a bit more of an attitude it yeah. wasn't metal like the old metal bands no. were you know it wasn't well, like Black, no that's metal. right or deep was, purple it was it was a bit more it had a bit of you know there was a bit, a bit more aggression in it yeah it was a bit speedy do you know yeah. what i mean it was a bit you know rather than the kind of you know the big sabbath bloody yeah. sabbath and all yeah. that yeah. stuff you know but it was it was i remember you see i whole remember living living around that whole period of time and you know punk was was happening and it was a big deal but it wasn't as big a deal as a lot of people made because no. there was still other music there was yeah, if you sit and watch anything like Top of the Pops yeah. from that days and cer- yeah. them days and certain years it's absolutely amazing the breadth of different sort of musical genres that's going on there yeah you know because dis- disco is still big some of these past sort of past bands metally bands are still big yeah uh, you know and, and you've got disco music going along at the well, same was, time, so I mean, it was, you know, I mean, there's a lot of musical diversity. I remember going to a nightclub with some friends one time, and it was almost like the whole punk thing was happening on another planet. Yes, yeah, because there are all these people, you know, flinging their arms in the air and their jackets in the air. And not me, I, <laughs> I, was, I was there merely as an observer. But you know, but it was, it was a very odd time. It was a real time of transition. I think it was quite important that punk happened though, as well, because it did give everything a kick up the yeah, backside. Yeah, reinvigorated. It, it, it sort of needed a kick yeah. up the backside. It but, was but like I say, at the same time, there was... I don't think there'll ever be a time when music is so diverse, pop in sort of popularity. There was no. so many different sort of, you know, you can sit there and watch Top of the Pops from, say, 1978 or 79, and you're like, I don't believe, you know, there's this, that, and the other. It's well, quite back a, end of the 70s, yeah. there was a pub in Fulham Road called The Golden Lion, yeah. and I think... In one week or a ten-day period, I saw Elvis Costello, I saw The Police, and I saw Squeeze, oh. and I think I saw Ian Jerry, although maybe that wasn't the golden line, but that was over about a ten... None of, they'd all literally, on, they were on the cusp of being signed, yes. you know, it was yeah, back yeah. into the 70s, and they weren't I'm quite... jealous as hell, but... Yeah, <laughs> but it, was, it was fascinating to, watch, to yeah. watch it all, you know, so much, again, diversity, you know, like Ian Dury to, you know, to, to squeeze and stuff like that. Yes. But the police were... I mean, I remember seeing the police and thinking, well, it's just a punk man with a reggae drummer, aren't they? Which is... That <laughs> was quite true, really. Well, in the early <laughs> days, they, yeah, in the early days, they were, but they did Developed into something else pretty sharpish, but they yeah, developed into a super group, didn't they? Really? Yeah, you know, the I mean, they, were, they were really exciting, though. I've got to say, they're one of the most exciting bands I ever saw mm. on a little stage in the corner <laughs> of the pub. You know, it was amazing, really brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the next track you're going to play for us? 
This is a song called Noah's Flood. And it's about the fickle nature of human beings. There's a, there's a band called the Machines of Loving Grace. I don't know if you know no, I've them. never heard of them, I right. must admit. They're an American sort yeah. of weird kind of crossover. They're... You know. Anyway, they had a, they had a song called Butterfly Wings, which had the tagline of "Human beings are unreliable things." And I, I that is that, a good title. That is yeah, true. Yeah. That was that was in the back a of my truer head. True statement has never been said. Yeah, yeah. So this is really yeah. It's my take on that. Years later, when that line came into my head one time.
All right, shout out, shout out to uh, Cat Feds. Thank you much, Cat, for watching and listening to the show. So there you are. You you you're uh, living in London in early eighties. Yeah, living the dream. Well, <laughs> <laughs> thing is, let's let's let's. let's were you having to do any other work apart from like? Musician, yeah, I, I got a couple of normal jobs. I, I yeah. went to work for a, a Japanese keyboard company demonstrating keyboards mm-hmm. at trade shows and going out trying to sell keyboards and all that. But I was, you know, I was, it's still music, though, isn't it? It was still music. My heart was never in it. Though. No, of it course, just, yeah. it was just a way of paying the bills, yeah, and, yeah. you know, and all that sort of nonsense, really. And I kept leaving and joining and doing different things. I actually worked at Rod Argent's keyboard store in Denmark Street for a while because he'd, he'd have anybody there. He didn't really care. You know, I mean, just any old types. So, any... But you are keyboard player. You, you had lessons. In, yeah, you yeah. had lessons. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it means to an end. I mean, I, I did a lot of work at a place called the Elephant Studios, and that's how I got the Nigel Kennedy gig because he'd been in there making a solo album. Mm-hmm. Because someone had bought Nigel a Boss pedal board with loads of pedals on it, and Garrel Way from Curved Air had given him a Perspex violin with a pickup in it. Now, this was a revelation to Nigel. And so he'd bought this board and he'd bought this Perspex thing and he just plugged it in and trod on pedals completely at random. And he went, this is monster, man. Oh, I love this. <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, and he wanted to make an album. And I think EMI, who had signed him for life, you know, to his classical contracts, had said, oh, yeah, Nigel, yeah, let's go and make one of your pop records. And I said, yeah, it'd be all right. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yes, we'll, have, we'll sell it on the back of your Four Seasons. Yeah, lovely. And um, so, so he did this album with a bunch of musicians and... Uh, they were going to do a press launch at the Hard Rock Cafe and then at the, at the Purcell Rooms on the South Bank. And the keyboard player, I think he left to join a, I think he left to join a commune or he went to live on a Philippine island with two small houseboys. I'm really not sure. <laughs> I, I, I don't, don't, you'll be careful now. <laughs> I, well, I don't. I, I actually, do you know what? I heard so many stories that I really yeah. don't know what happened yeah. to him. No, but he did the album and he just left. Oh, fair enough. And... Yeah. and Graham, who ran the studio, phoned me up and said, I've got a gig for you, I've got a gig for you, I think you can do it. And I was like, well, 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 who is it? He said, I won't tell you, just go to No Miss Rehearsal Studios on Sunday. And I went down there, it was Nigel Kennedy. And it was complete, it was just ridiculous, really, you know. I mean, I... Uh, this stuff was like improvised Frank Zappa kind of stuff, you know, and I because I'd, I'd heard the album, yeah, and I couldn't yeah. get any sense out of it. But luckily, the bass player was a chap called Andy Pask, who was a lovely guy. He's fa- you will you will know at the name Andy Pask because he wrote the theme for the Bill. Oh, if with, I can remember that, with yeah, a I chap spell, called Charlie Morgan, who's yeah. a drummer who played yeah. with Elton John, and they wrote the theme for the Bill. Anyway, Andy's lovely bloke, session bass player, and he told me to sit next to him and just he said, "Don't worry, I'll tell you where it all goes." Because I had all these, this sheet music, which just looked like mm. the, flies, language, the yeah. flies had been at it. Well, I could read, but it was so dense. And he said, don't worry about it. It's just as long as we all change key at the same time. And we'll do a few time signature changes. And Nigel will just be treading on different guitar pedals. <laughs> and he'll be really happy. Because he wants to be Hendrix. Uh, Hendrix know. of violins. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. all he wanted to be. Yeah. And we did these two gigs and I still don't think it was a complete... I don't really remember much about them. Apart from they went down really well. That's the main thing. Yeah, because yeah, it was thing. Nigel Kennedy. Yeah. And then his manager said, we can't keep doing this sort of thing, Nigel. You've got to get back to playing classical music. That's where the real money is. So, uh, yeah, I think the album bombed. Um, you know. Shame. Got a good review in The Guardian, you know, because The Guardian... They like weed music in The Guardian, though. Most, yeah, mostly. Know. 
Mostly. Yeah, they do. They do yeah. like experimental stuff. Yeah. Know? No wrong with that. But every now and again, they do get it wrong. Just, they just go a little bit too over the top and you're like, yeah. There was this uh, mass, mass rock band that came out last, last year. I can't remember what the name was. But yeah, it's ridiculous. It's not really music. It's just a noise. You know, you, you get to a point where it's just a noise and it's not really music anymore. And, yeah, well, you know, I mean, that's, you know, that's, it's the emperor's new clothes very often. It is, yeah. Like, no, it's not. It's rubbish. Someone's got to stand up and say it. Someone's got to stand up and say it. It's rubbish and that's the end of it you know what I mean so and I'll pull up the Guardian journalist if I ever met him and say you saying that oh Black, Black Midi that was what they called Black Midi now somebody who's into Black Midi is going to tell me that they're brilliant but I'm going to say no well the thing <laughs> about music is I try, I try really hard I don't, yeah. don't always succeed but not to be judgmental no. because there's stuff that I just don't get yeah. and other people do yeah of course there's yeah. stuff that I, you know and there's stuff that I get that other people look at me totally blankly and go Ooh, you know and I, it's just and you can't be judgmental because we've all got different ears and the thing about the arts is you know it's a personal opinion thing it really is of course you know? it is yeah yeah there's no best you people say who's the best guitarist in the world there's no such thing no. If you lived out in Catalonia, you'd probably know a flamenco player who played in the village every night, who, in your opinion or in your world, would be the best guitarist in the world. Yeah. They wouldn't have heard of Joe Probably Sancti the best guitarist player in the world. He's probably stuck in a bedroom somewhere playing, yeah. playing, playing guitar and probably just hasn't got the... He's probably suffers from anxiety and dead come out of his bedroom yeah, and play it's life. It's more than possible. But yeah. what I'm saying is there isn't a best, is no, there? No, 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 no. Because, I mean, from, say... Uh, if, if, if you sort of say, you know, just from your mood, isn't it? Just from your mood. Yeah. When I'm in a mood, I'll play certain tracks, and in a different mood, I play different tracks. You know, so you never know. It's well, I listen. I listen to ACDC, and I listen to Joni Mitchell, and yeah. I, and, I, and I'll listen to Big Spiderbeck playing 1920s jazz. I'm yeah. happy to do. I'm yeah. happy to go from one to the other. Quite yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, I've yeah. got to get on being told by Tony, too much talk and not enough music. Get on, too much talk, not enough music. Yeah. Have I got to play again now? You have. Oh. <laughs> God, you're a hard taskmaster. Oh, sorry. Right. <laughs> is that all right or is that a bit distorted again? Right, I used to wander around America when I was touring out there because I go out there and do solo acoustic tours and I, I found all these deserted towns. Seriously, like yeah. just disused towns. And I wrote loads of music about all these places that I found. Oh, that'd like, be fantastic, you know, wouldn't it? Yeah, this is called Lordville. Anyway, this is well, about a little town that I think had one person living in it but 12 houses oh. and it was like tumbleweed. Yeah, and, just how you imagine it. And it was just down by the, by the Delaware River and they'd originally the house... The, the, they were an English family that, had, that owned it and they'd put a bridge in and tried to charge people for coming across and there'd been all sorts of local wars and then the town just fell apart in the 50s and 60s and there's one bloke living there now. There you go. Anyway, this is Lord... Fascinating. Off you go. an ocean, leave the old country behind, hold a satchel full of money, playing cards to waste time find a piece of land or two with the river running by a homeland for a family blue Pennsylvania sky, buy a horse and plowshare, tell me what you need, find a place to make a living a place to sow a seed we got friends, we got servants to help us keep a dream don't you know? Now don't you know? 
Uh, got a bunch of uh, shout outs now. Shout out to uh, John Hincliffe, shout out to uh, Paul Goodchild, a shout out to uh, Andrew Sutton, and a shout out to RJ Archer and the uh, Painful Memories. Uh, I know Andrew Sutton. Uh, he knows you, apparently. Yeah, uh, I know. And um, Michael Day says, Great song. Guys, thank you very much for listening and uh, watching the show. Lovely. I'm just tuning my guitar all the way. That's okay. You can, we can carry on talking. Yeah, sure. I can do two things at once. How, how did you end up working with uh, Dave Stewart? Right. Um, um, my friend Alan Jones worked for uh, A&M Records. Yeah. And they signed a band called The Lover Speaks. 
and they were looking for a keyboard player to do a tour with them, yeah. and they were the opening act for the Eurythmics World Tour in about ah. 86, 85, 86. And, he's, and basically, you know, it's all about who you know. Cool. And it sounds you, like it. And probably also who you took drugs with at the time. Yeah. So, and he basically said, you know, the gig's yours if you want it. You're going to take and, it, ain't you? And I, and, I, and I went and did it. And we, the Lover Speaks were famous for one th- thing. The singer wrote a song called No More I Love Yous, which was a big hit for Annie Lennox. Uh. The band never had a hit with it themselves, but yeah. she had a hit with yeah. it. And we did this tour, and, and Dave Stewart said to me after... The end of the tour, he sort of said, "What are you doing?" And I was like, oh, "I don't know. Really, got a few things on the go." And he, I went down there. He had a fantastic studio in Crouching called the Church Studios, and I went down there and I, I sort of became a house session player for about a year, working on various projects that he'd signed to his record label. Yeah. Um, and nothing ever came of any of them, really. But um, that, I think a nice was, experience, though. Oh, it was fantastic because he's a really interesting, mercurial sort of character. Really fascinating bloke. I've got a mm. lot of time for him, and he's you know, and he's he approaches things in his own his very own way, you know. And he was, we were working away in the week with different artists that he'd signed, and he he was like the executive producer for the whole thing, and he'd come in, and then he very often he'd say, right, it's seven o'clock, it's time to go out and have a meal and be normal and we'd all go out and have a meal with him and sit around in a cafe and crouch and chatting fantastic bloke really really fantastic bloke you know and uh, and the world tour with you must have been something else as it well. was pretty well you know it's the old yeah. cliche well i did six nights at wembley you know you know so it's uh you know oh he's giving you the wind-up saying so he, <laughs> he wants me to play some more music <laughs> just let me tune my guitar a second just bear with me yeah 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 sure yeah Oh, a shout, a shout out to uh, Del, Del, is it Del? Del, Del Beanie. Thank you very much, Del, for listening and uh, watching the show. Del Beanie? Del Beanie. Yeah. I don't know Del Beanie. No. Uh, no. Well, you never know. The thing is, like, streamed on the internet, you never know who's watching, who's no. going to watch it, or, or, or whatever, really. Or listen, who listens to it. No. No, it's very true. Well, it's nice to be here. Thank you. No, thank you very much for coming in. What's, what's the next one you're going to play for us? Uh, it's, I've got a new album out. <laughs> You've got to plug your album, haven't you? I've got to plug my album. It's called, lamp, it's called Lamplighter. And it's, um, its general theme is about, you know, some things are better kept in a dim light rather than... Shone upon. Light, you know, that, it's a, that's a very loose way mm. of putting lots of things anyway. Um, this is a song called They Say God. Oh. Oh, dear. Don't get religious on us, will you? No. They say love is a wonderful thing Never turn you round Never take you sting They say love is gonna let you down and make a blind man see turn a deaf one round but you know it's not right you know it isn't so all the stories you were told the hope that didn't grow when I was a kid the sky was always clear whatever happened when you stopped to stare Truth, it's gonna set you free, make you a promise you can 
believe They say truth Some kind of holy grail When you seek it out You can never fail But you know it's not right You know it isn't so All stories you were told I hope it didn't grow When you were a kid The sky was always clear Whatever happened when you stop to stare They say God is a man in the sky And never let you down Never make you cry They say God likes to see you with a gun Never turn you around Never spoil your fun But you know it's not right You know it isn't so All the stories you were told I hope it didn't grow When I were a kid Things always clear Whatever happened When I stopped to stare Have you, have you done a little bit of work with like Mark Loughler? Oh, got, well, yeah, I, for about ten, ten seconds, yeah. Mm. About ten. I knew this drummer Pick Withers, and I sort of auditioned for Dire Straits for a while. And no, it didn't go well, really. <laughs> I don't think you liked me, honestly. Yeah, I don't what? think you liked me. I, you I, like because you, you're, you're probably Southern is Northern or something like that. No, no, no. I, I think it, I don't really know. Oh, I think it was because I, I, it was a long story. I was in a rehearsal studio called Woodwolf in Greenwich, and I was down there with. Pick had sort of Pick Withers, who was the drummer. He sort of brought me into this situation. Said, "Oh, they're looking for someone that plays guitar and keyboards." You know, yeah. And I ran through some stuff with him, and then Mark Knopfler walked in and gave me a the Moravian Death Stare. <laughs> uh, and like, who's this? You know, I mean, I, 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 there was so much confusion. He was in the middle of sacking his brother. At the time, you know, David was in the middle of going, and and there was no one was telling me anything, and no one was explaining. Something. Oh, so there was a few bad feelings running yeah, amongst the band. There was a band. lot of stuff going on, yeah. there. and and I, he threw a guitar at me, and then, <laughs> literally, honestly, uh, well, he sort of no, he threw it. I'll play this and play, and you know, and I started, to, and he said, "No, don't do it like that. Do it," and, and, it, and, it, and it, basically, it just didn't work. Oh, out. fair enough. It didn't work out. I went away. Yeah, very sad by the whole experience, you know, but. Mm. You can't win them all. You can't win them all, you know. And I formed a band with Pick after that that didn't do much either. But, you know, it was... 
Yeah, they, you, you know what happens in life. You just go through these things yeah. and you, you get involved in stuff. I mean, I was in a sort of poodle rock band that were in Germany. You a know. poodle rock? <laughs> yeah, we had so much hairspray. Oh, oh I see. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe yeah. it. It was ridiculous. We were signed to BMG or Areola or something and we went out there and did... And we got sponsored by Adidas, you know, the sports people. Yeah, well, they are a German company. Yeah. yeah, there's stuff online. There's us playing the Metal Hammer Christmas party. Yeah. On New Year's Eve. Yeah. That must have been a quite a party though. It was quite a party. I don't remember but I was I you can't remember much room. about it. Well, we had a roadie, you see. Yeah. Called Hamish. And <laughs> Hamish projectile vomited into my open bag on the tour bus. <laughs> so that would yeah, that would have gone down very well with me. No, no, that, that, no. Whole, I was getting fed up with the whole German tour experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Projectile vomiting would have been enough yeah, for me. My, yeah, my, yeah. My, my tog I might smelt. have been arrested after that point. I think. Well, my tog smelt of roadie vomit. <laughs> you know, I, I just wasn't in a good place. So I can see that. Yeah, 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 yeah I can see that. Awful, yeah. Really. But yeah. still, you know. Yeah, there we go. That's, that, you know, that's, uh, yeah, that's life for you, isn't it, really? It's all part of the wonderful yeah. rock and roll crazy lifestyle that we all live. Well, some of us do indeed, yeah. But the thing is, I don't know, have you got children and, and stuff like that? I've got I've got two lovely daughters, yeah. one of whom lives in America and one of whom lives in Peterborough, yeah. actually. But, you've, you know, you've got all these tales to pass on to them and this Yeah, idea, the trouble it? is you sort of talk about stuff and you realise that some of it's kind of it's still potentially libelous. <laughs> and, some, and some of the people are still alive. You're not, you've not thought about writing an autobiography? Just Well, yeah. The guy that was in played bass in The Lover Speaks was a chap called Guy Pratt, who's a lovely man, and he went on to join Pink Floyd after that and did all the Dave Gilmore stuff. And he did that Saucer Full of Secrets tour with Nick Mason, which was fantastic, mm. with Gary Kemp and everything. Great gig. Anyway, Guy did a book called My Bass and Other Animals, which was about his life as a session player, because yeah. he played with Madonna, he played with Michael Jackson, oh, Robert wow. Palmer. Yeah. You know, he's a serious player, Guy. Very, But it's funny, I think since he wrote that book, his session work's dried up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Hope the book made him plenty of money, then. I was, yeah, I, I think he just maybe, you know, maybe there were a few things that he... You just wanted, but perhaps he just wanted to get a few things off his chest, one never knows. Anyway, I, best I have some more music. So yeah, Tony yeah, will be there going... Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll tell you what I want to do. Yeah. I want to do a cover. Is that all right? Yeah, do go a on. Cover? Yeah, yeah. But it does involve doing this. Doing this, which is for the technical amongst you, dropping both strings of the guitar down to D. Ah. Uh, you know. Never 
Great John Martin. Ah, I've got a mate called John Martin, but he's not a famous musician. I must say, no. used to work with him at Hot Point. There we go. Uh, moving on to where you to where we are. In, <laughs> sorry, moving on to where we are in the present. Don't know where it come from. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it says like you go to the states a couple of times a year. Well, well I, I did before the pandemic. I haven't yeah. been back. I, I been used back. to go over there just solo with an acoustic guitar yeah. and do a couple of tours a year. Booked them all myself. Got to know lots of people out there. Had a fantastic time. Love American audiences. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, yeah, and I just... It was like an adventure, really. I got a lot of friends over there because I lived in New York in the early 90s. Oh, and nice. I, and I, yeah, I just... It's, it's a great... You know, it was... And I used to make money doing it as well. I, I suppose you would do again, though, surely. Well, yeah, I think I think uh, things are not very nice over there at the moment, I don't think. What do you mean with the politics and stuff? Yeah, like I don't that? want to go into it, but, you know, they're yeah. just... They're, 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 you know, a few years ago it was... I mean, I don't know, I'm... I'm you know... I'm, 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 I mean, surely most... 
most musical audiences and most musicians are pretty liberal, though, really, aren't they? You know well, what I mean? well, they Broad-minded. are. They are, yeah. yeah, they are. But it's... it's uh, Things have changed. Everything's changed. You know, like the cost... I used to fly over there really cheaply. Yes. Airfares have gone through the roof. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I used to kind of stay with friends over there and their, and their personal circumstances have changed, you know. Mm. I mean, it, that's what made it viable, the fact I, you know... The, you stay with people, organise it yourself. Yeah, stay with Sort of like a DIY tour, in a way, then. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was like my little cottage industry nice. out on the road, you yeah. know, and I sold albums and... You was visiting friends at the same time and yeah. playing music. What more yeah. could you want, really? It was great, actually. Yeah. It was really, yeah. really good. Yeah, you know, I had a... I had a fantastic time actually thinking mm, about it. it. Yeah. yeah, I uh, yeah. You've had seven al- seven solo albums out on uh, uh, actually eight. Eight. This is yeah. the current, current I'm one. Sorry, eight. Yeah, that's all right. Sorry, that's there's right. a ninth one on the way shortly. Yeah, yeah. So you're pretty prolific, really. Yeah, um, yes, yeah. It's the way I walk. No. Um, <laughs> No, uh, yeah, I mean, I've got this blues album coming out, yeah. and there's another album of instrumental oh, stuff, like elect- ele- it's like jazz electronic stuff coming Ooh. out as well. It's called All Alone in the Electric Village. That sounds uh, pretty tempting, that one does. It's yeah. a little bit trippy, it's a little bit... I don't, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet all that stuff goes but all the way back to like, psychedelia and listening to bands like Love and stuff like that. There'd be, I mean, there'd be a lot of people around that even aware of a band called Love, you know, you know well, what I mean? Well, so. yeah, there aren't really, but I, I used to listen I've listened to them. I've, listened, I've had quite a listen to them. Yeah, I must admit. Cause well, I, used, I started listening to yeah. bands like the 13th Floor Elevators, yeah, you see. brilliant. Yeah, garage you know, rock music. And, and then it sort of moved, well, it, garage well. rock moves into psychedelia, doesn't it? Well, it yeah. does in the States anyway. Well, then yeah. there was Doors and there was bands like Quicksilver yeah, Messenger yeah. Service yeah, and stuff a, like They're that. a great band, Quicksilver Messenger Service as well. Yeah. A lot of people don't explore that sort of period of music, which is a He's fantastic. waving his pen at you again, you know. Is he's, he? You can yeah. just... He's actually... <laughs> he can sit on it. Yeah, there's a lot of music to discover in, in that sort of style of, um, you know what I mean? So, well, there is actually, yeah. Yeah, there, so, no, yeah, there, yeah. there, there really is. And Deep Purple, one of them bands, really, the garage rock band from the 60s, and, weren't they? Really, you know, well, so, they, yeah, but yeah. they soon developed it. Yeah, to yeah. play with symphony orchestras Van, and Van, things like Van that. Morrison from Lem, there we go, yeah, Lem, yeah. there was another one, a garage rock band. Yeah, they were actually, yeah, but there was a lot of kind of. Oh, well, the Trogs were the ultimate garage rock band, weren't they? Let's, do, you, do you reckon? Let's face it, yeah, they really were. I mean, they were rubbish, really. Yeah, they yeah. made a great racket, you yeah. know. They were sort of like... Screaming you know, Lords, such and all these people as well. Have to be that you know, Joe Meek. to make great they, records sometimes. Yeah, so there's somebody else. Joe Meek, he was a great producer of all that sort of uh, oh, yeah. stuff. Anyway, uh, gigs. Yeah. Have you got any gigs that people can come and see you at? Any gigs that people can come and see me at? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm locally. Play, I'm play, I'm, when I'm playing with a band in Billericay on, on, on Saturday, but they don't want to. Next, next Thursday, I'm playing at M&M Motorcycles just outside Cambridge. They have an open thing where people come along and admire their motorcycles. And me and my friend Ted Kohersky, they have a big old barbecue. They open up the front of the garage. It's great. I'm doing that next Thursday. All you've got to do is pretend that you like motorbikes and you get some free food and yeah. come and see you. That sounds That's good it. to and me. Then, That's that was a good Friday, deal. I'm playing on Ely Market for Foodie Friday, which is to promote mm. Ely Folk Festival, because I'm playing at Ely Folk Festival as well, twice, actually. Real nice. With yeah. uh, different people, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, I've got a few things, you know. I, yeah. If anyone can be bothered to follow me on Facebook, I'm, I'm, I always shamelessly plug my... Well done. Yeah. Or, you know, and is, is it fair to say you still, are you making a living out of music or just getting by? Yeah, I'm making a living out of it. That's the main yeah, thing. It depends on your definition of making a living. Though. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm, I'm not particularly extravagant. No. 
You're you not know. driving around in the Rolls Royce or anything, no, but, but no, you're I'm making not. a living. I'm making a living. I That's pay, the main I thing. You pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. Nice way to. Nice way then. A nice way to. Uh, and I can still afford the odd, you know meal out somewhere yeah that's good then a new shirt from time to time from a charity shop you know no wrong with charity shops i like going into charity shops <laughs> you buy find good clothes and yeah. vinyl records that's that's the best thing about well, it. i've got yeah you know, i've got i got i got a load of jazz last week from a charity well, shop there you go well you're lucky yeah For a pound a pop i got the charlie mingus Ming, mingus our home album um, and I got that for a quid. Well done. Really good nick. Yeah, yeah. Usually the whole place is full of James Lusk records, isn't it? No, I also got a copy of an album called Blues and the Abstract Truth by Oliver Nelson. There, where was this? In a charity shop where? in Swaffham. Swaffham? I've yeah. got to go there now because you told me yeah, of a junk I've, shop. I've cleaned it. them out because I, know, <laughs> I noticed that I bought a load for a quid. When I went back two days later, they put two quid on them. Still cheap. And then I think someone else had come in and told them what they actually had. Oh. But I got most of the... I, got, I even got Come Fly come fly With Me, Frank Sinatra, for two pounds. Oh. Original Capital in Immaculate Nick. Amazing. I mean, just incredible, yeah. 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 Um, you know, Stan gets um, Astrid Gilberto, girl from Ipanema, all that. <laughs> Perfect Nick. There okay. you go. Right, we have overrun, but we'll... Can you do one more song for us and then we'll I call it a day? I suppose I can do one more song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank it's you. been real. It's been a really great pleasure. It really has. I have to retune the guitar, then. That's all right. Uh, that's fine. But we'll have to do a special with you, and then we'll just have no... We'll, we'll have no other songs playing and we'll just do a two-hour special. <laughs> that's the way to do it. It is, isn't it? it yeah, isn't. yeah, yeah. That's definitely the way. Yeah. OK, this is a song about the richest man I ever knew. It's called Yesterday's Clothes. <laughs> and he was the richest man I ever I'm... knew. seems too loud can visit my house in the shelter of clouds talk to the antiques kiss all the lawns some marble mausoleum in which I'm reborn I wasn't fooled by what I was shown another ten years and my how you have grown love is a word easy to say harder to find in my Days. Love is a place so far away When I rent the key, you can all come and stay No, I'm not mad, no, I'm not slow Just a hero in yesterday's clothes No, I'm not high, sometimes I'm low I'm just a hero in yesterday's clothes you want, say what you see, I'm lawyers who tell you nothing touches me, some envious glances you throw in my face, are all so mistaken but easy to trace, love is a word, easy to say, harder to find in my helium days, love is a place so far away, when I rent the key, you can't all come and stay. No, I'm not mad. No, 
not slow I'm just a hero in yesterday's clothes No, I'm not high, sometimes I'm low I'm just a hero in yesterday's clothes Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Rich Young. Rich, thank you very much for coming on to the show. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, This is a band called uh, We Punch Tigers. They come from Essex and the song's called Did It For The Rocks.
What's going on at the Cresset? Westwood Musical Society present their new production of Made in Dagenham at the Cresset from the 16th to the 20th of May. Inspired by a true story and based on the hit movie, Made in Dagenham is an uplifting musical comedy about friendship, love and the importance of fighting for what's right. Come and meet the Essex girls who change the world in this laugh-out-loud show, bursting with catchy songs and feel-good humour. There's always something happening at the Cresset. Browse and book online at cresset.co.uk. After making a splash on Broadway, the SpongeBob musical is coming to New Theatre Peterborough from the 22nd of June. Starring Celebs Go Dating's Tom Reed Wilson and RuPaul's drag race legend Davina DeCampo. Enjoy a tidal wave of original songs by some of rock and pop's biggest icons. Full of top tunes, fantastic dance and big laughs. It's a hilarious must-see show for all ages. The SpongeBob musical. Book now at newtheatre-peterborough.com. Yeah. 
Uh, that was the uh, Maddox and the song Can If Anyone Can. Uh, this is uh, Wes King and a song called Clay. You said I'd change like the weather. Well, it ain't sunshine forever. We were light as a feather. And now you shoot me under pressure. Well, I've been feeling whole new love. Oh, how I hope it grows. And I've been dreaming of you. was a Wes King and a Clay. I've had to fade this one down because I'm trying to squeeze in as many tracks as I can. Uh, this is Scotland's uh, Bill and Biscuit in a song called uh, Silly Billy. Yeah. 
There we go, that was uh, Scotland's uh, Beryl or Biscuit. This is Gone Savage and a song called uh, Irresistible. They're from the northwest of England. There we go, that was uh, Gone Savage and Irresistible. We dedicate that one to Mr. Tony Wilshaw. Oh, 
has uh, been uh, working the cameras this evening and training up an apprentice, Mr. S- Mr. Young uh, Steve Coxford. Anyway, it's just about time for uh, me to go. Mop squeezing about 20 seconds of another track. But if I keep on babbling on, I should get me time. I should get me timing right, and that's that'll that'll be perfect. Uh, I've missed out a couple of bands this evening. I must apologise to uh, the Forge Hounds and uh, the Montagues for not uh, squeezing you in. Anyway, I'm going to play you out with uh, the Shed Project, and uh, the song's called. Our fear is their power, and I'm just going to say, good night.